Thank you for tuning in to Spiritual Debriefing from First Baptist Church Hawassi, a podcast about Christian men living a Christian life in a very unchristian world. With your hosts, Daniel Meadows, Derek Fisher, Randy Bryson, Jed Harris, and me, Ray Taggart. All right, then. Where are we going to get started? Hey, we yeah, let's this? get started. Yeah. I just wanted to play that. That's awesome. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Welcome to Spiritual Debriefing. I am your host, Daniel Meadows, youth pastor at Fresh Baptist Hiawassee and men's ministry director. With me, as always, is... I'm Randy. How you guys doing? We're doing good, man. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you're here. I'm glad you're here. I also am a member at First Baptist Church, and I am part of the men's group here at the First Baptist Church, and that's about it. It's your turn, Jed. Step up. We can't hear you. I'll scoot up to the table. (laughs) Hey, this table's shorter. Yeah, it is. You can reach the microphone. The microphone's perfect. I'm Jed. I'm a member here at Hiawassee First Baptist. Uh... I don't know. I don't talk a whole lot, but I'm in on this group. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're here too, Jed. <laughs> I'm Derek. Hi, yeah. Derek. Hey. <laughs> now, I, I, I mean, I really enjoy everybody being here. I really do. I mean, we've come together as Christian men and and wanted to do, I, you know, I wanted to do this too and mention it to you guys on the podcast and first we're hesitant but you know we want to impact people out there and tell more people about god you know that's that's our goal right now off to you all right and then there's me i'm ray uh, also i'm one of the newest member of first baptist church here um we just moved here at the beginning of 2022 here but uh i Kind of, I guess I could say maybe I helped a little bit because when I heard you guys wanted to do a podcast, I said, "Hey, that's I can help with that. I know how to do the technical side of things, and so that's what I'm here for." And I know? was like, "Great," because yeah. I know nothing about it. <laughs> I, I talked to that guy, I talked to your buddy Randy that does one too, and he's like, "Well, you need to buy this and that and this and hook this up to that." And I'm like, "What is this?" Uh, okay, and, and then Ray said, goes, "He said, you betcha.' Yeah, <laughs> you betcha. Yeah, I like." And Ray goes, "I know how to do all that." Oh yes, here you Is go. It excellent. Well, yeah. Right after, right afterwards, you guys made it happen. So I'll uh, try to make sure everybody can hear everyone, and that uh, there's not too much popping, clicking, and banging going on in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's a lot. And uh, and I'll delete all the dead space while uh, Derek's sitting there thinking. <laughs> awesome! I love that. That is a lot. <laughs> wow. How much time we got? See, what happened about picking on Ray? Right, uh, right. I'm glad you're with us because yeah. if not, this would be a train wreck. Oh yeah, it would be. It would. I'd, be. I'd be pushing random buttons and yeah, <laughs> there would be Choo-choo. silence yeah, through the whole here thing. Here comes, man. <laughs> I forgot, to put the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot to put the Sims card in. I left it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> right? This is all just magic, right? It's all magic. <laughs> There's buttons on this. Yeah. Yeah. 
My name is Randy. I work on cars. <laughs> What's a button? <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. That's my that's my daughter's response now to everything. Okay. 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 Like. Hmm. Like we're paying attention to you, but we don't care. I know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a lot of people. Is that why she says that on Wednesday night during the lesson? I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I want to take my horse trailer tonight. I'm like, you need to fix it. Okay. Get a license plate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you love her. Yeah, but I. So I don't, you, you went out there and fixed it then? No, not yet. Oh, no. whatever. Not yet. <laughs> not, 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 yet. yet. I'm not I'm not getting her horse trailer. Look, there's a horse trailer. <laughs> there's a horse trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Then, boy. Just, then you just threw the word yet at the yeah. end of that. Yeah, yet. <laughs> Not yet. Haven't fixed it yet. Yet. Who needs a license plate? Just take it. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't roll that way. PC why, stops. Why, Derek? Because everything on all my vehicles, Jed knows this too, all my brakes or lights have to work on my trailer. has to be a license plate. Everything... I, I don't want to be stopped by the cops. I'm sneaking over there and taking a <laughs> What else you hiding there, Derek? I'm what not hiding, what you hiding, buddy? <laughs> As being a previous law enforcement officer, everything on there is tip top. You know, that's just it's like a pet peeve of mine on trailers. The lights, I'm like, all of my lights have to work. So, how do you know they all work? I go out there and double check them before I leave. We get out of the truck and we look at our stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. How are you going to make sure your brake lights work? Are you, you pushing on the brake and looking at the back at the same time? Uh, you back up the things mm-hmm. so you can see. Right. Or a pry bar that you put it against the seat uh, to the brake. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you uh, emergency uh, flashers? Emergency flashers, yeah. Or you just have a wife that loves you and she'll do it for you. At my new truck, you just got a little button you push, and it does all of it for mm-hmm. you. Oh. Yeah. yeah, those fancy GMCs. Yeah. Uh, I, don't I had to drive one. I had yeah, to drive I one. <laughs> yeah. You for the last me. two days. You told me. And you Did loved you really? it. You want mm-hmm. to trade your dozy in and get it. We had to deliver cabinets up in Missouri. So I drove. Did you drive Mark's, the other company, or the... Mark's other company truck? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you tell Mark, I don't want to do that, buddy. I'll, I'll drive my own. <laughs> <laughs> he thought about it. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. you didn't. Because <laughs> no, you were like, I want to drive You wouldn't it. let me. You know, when we first started leaving, uh, the shop foreman or, you know, guy has been there forever. He was, uh, he goes, I, I moved the trailer with my truck first because the company truck wasn't there. So it was all hooked up, loaded it up. And uh, he told him, he goes, well, why don't you just pull it with your truck? And I said, no, because insurance. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. But I don't know, that, that, that truck is uncomfortable, man. Your Ford? Yeah. I no, yeah, GMC. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to a guy that just drives... Nothing but Ford since he's 16. Yeah. You want to see something uncomfortable? Everybody's got their faults. Put him in my farm truck and let him ride with me. Is that that black one? Yeah. Yeah. I like that black one. It's comfortable. It, it was it, comfortable. It's comfortable. I like it. The only it. thing is, is every light's on on the dash. Oh, yeah. That freaks just, me out. Just, yeah. I, I got to agree with him on that one. That <laughs> yeah. one gets me. Yeah, yeah everyone's like, it it's a goes, farm truck. It's a farm truck. No. It goes everywhere that it's supposed to, and it's, it's still a not truck. messing up. Exactly. No. no. I can't no. have lights on either. Now his, now, his white everyday truck is probably different than that. Yeah. It's dirty. Yeah, it's dirty. Hmm. 
I'm just getting clean this week. But but you don't have every light on. No. You baby that truck a little bit more. Yeah. But now with every light on, how are you going to know you got a problem? Exactly. Well, we just when it stops. <laughs> oh, man, here it goes. <laughs> yeah. he, he's got a good friend that's a mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only was you a, a, a copper, you, you was a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the only one so, that needed mechanicing was the boards. I, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so every, every officer's, I think, well, my worst fear getting out of the police department was what do I do next? Mm-hmm. What do I do next? Because... You fill out applications and you go, what do you know? To be a cop. Oh, do you know anything else? I Not know, really. I know how to chase people. Yeah. And, and that was the thing was I didn't know where I was going to do. Yeah. Um, and so the second thing I knew how to do was my, my dad was a mechanic for a very long time, retired from it, and grew up working on cars. And, you know, my dad's style was, here's a book, go figure it out. You know, that's how I learned. So I'm like, well, that's about the only thing I know because I, I sent in applications to different things and, you know, I, I didn't have a college degree and since I was a kid, that's all I wanted to do was to be a police officer. That was it. It's all my entire childhood was. And so, so in 2015 when I got out, no idea, just kind of no direction, nothing. So I said, well... I think I'm going to be, I wanted to be a Ford technician. That's what we drove. That's what we worked on. So I started from the bottom. I mean, from the bottom. I go out of being a police officer to changing oil at a dealership. So I did that for about three months. But in that time, I talked to the service manager and the service director. And, you know, Judge, you know the story. I've told you this. You know, I, I went there and it says, what do I need to do? become a technician what do i need to do you know a lot of times we get that attitude where i deserve to do that give me that you owe me yeah you owe me Mm -hmm. so i look at things a little different you know i went to i went to them and says what do i need to do what school where do i need to go how do i become a ford technician and i did the same thing when i was a police officer you know I, i had friends and family that was in it and you're like what do i have to do where do I got to go test? You know, everything like that. So everything through my life has always been, what do I have to do to get to that level? So I did that to him, and the service director goes, don't waste your money on school. We'll train you here. And we'll sign you up for all the Ford classes, do them on your own, and then we'll see what happens after that. Okay. So I was excited. You know, I did that. And... Did all the classes that I could online. And there was one opportunity, I remember this opportunity, was one of the technicians had to leave early. And they needed this car done first thing in the morning. And it was, it's kind of simple. I think it was just front end work. And I'm like, oh, I got this. I, you know, maybe this is a test. I don't know. Maybe it's not. So I go back there, work on this car, rebuild the front end. And... Uh, get it all put together, and I leave for the night, come back the next day, and the car's gone. I'm like, ah, maybe I did a good job. You know, so I went to the technician and asked him, he goes, well, you left one bolt loose. And I'm like, hmm, there was my opportunity. I lost it. You know, I'm like, now what do I do? You know, but it was like a week later, they started a new program, 
and they says we you know it was a relatively new dealership too and they said we're going to do like an internship program where you'll follow a technician for a week each technician for a week and you know you have specialty technicians you have the transmission guys the diesel guys you know drivability techs and so i followed them around oh it had to have been probably three or four months you know just going to each one every week and i was pretty much just doing all their easy stuff and but still better than changing oil. It was way better. Yeah, because some of the old guy cha- the old guys, the oil change guys that were there too, and they're like, why is he back there? What's going on? Why is he back there? Why aren't we back there? But that only lasted, you know, those few months, and all the technician says, I think he's good. He's ready to go. So the service manager came out to me and goes, well, there's your two bays, and sink or swim. That was pretty much his words. You know, that's the dealership world there, too, was sink or swim. And I want to say the first week on my own was the engine rebuilt on a, on a Focus. It was a short block. And, Randy, you know, most of you guys know what a short block is. It's pretty much rip everything apart. I think that took me like a week and a half to do. You know, I'm only getting paid like 24 hours or like, 32 hours to do this job, but I spent like 80 hours on it, but I didn't care. You know, I had to, I had to show that I could do it. And so I did that for quite some time until we moved out here to Arkansas and I went over to the other four dealers here and said, Hey, you guys hiring a technician? And everyone said, no, no, we're not. So one dealership said, we're hiring a service advisor. I said, well, I mean, I guess I could give that a try. He goes, have you ever sold anything? I says, well, I used to sell handcuffs to people all the time. And he laughed. He thought that was the funniest thing ever. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I think you're good. (laughs) (laughs) So I started the service advisor job for a little bit, but mm, it was different. (laughs) I mean, you had to deal with a multitude of different personalities. You know, you had to deal with the customer, the parts department, the technician, you know, everybody in the dealership you had to deal with. You were the go-to guy. Why isn't this fixed? Why isn't this going on? Well, I mean, what's going on? I don't know. Let me go ask the technician. Then he's grumpy, you know? So it's like, I have no idea. Uh, Check with me tomorrow. Maybe he might be in a better mood, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, but yeah, well, there's a little bit of my life story there. But yeah, that's, I think, get back to why all the lights need to work and you know why the lights need to be off exactly. yeah that, that's why that's a, that's a typical ford man answer right. <laughs> right ask one question about the lights working i'm gonna give you a 30 minute answer well, yeah 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 i always said too when i went, went to go work for ford i'm like man you, if you can work on a ford you can work on anything that's no doubt yeah <laughs> yeah especially now oh my goodness yeah but yeah, I remember one night I was over at Judd's working on an old farm truck. That old Ford. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Made you want to convert to a GM. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it did. It did. It, it, he we, saw the light. <laughs> we stayed up so late that night that even my wife called and says, you guys okay? What are you guys doing? Like, we're still working on this truck, I promise. And we never took a break. No, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. Was it like well, one, in the, one in the morning? 15 or minutes when we sent somebody for gas. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
So how hard was the transition from being a cop to the Ford dealership than moving here? Very difficult. Yeah. So Like very difficult. You know, I have buddies now that have gotten out of the police department here recently. And they call me and ask me, kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the question of, like, how long does it take to go to the private sector? That's what we call, you know, the private sector. Right. The civilian life, right? And for me, it took a long time, probably two to three years to really just relax. Um, because as an officer, we're, we're, we're in charge all the time, right? We take command of situations on a daily basis. And now that you go start all over in life and you're at the bottom and you're not in charge no more, it's very difficult. I mean, very. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard. I, all I do, I mean, with my buddies, I just try to encourage them, you know, just really sometimes we can't be in charge, you know. And I think that even goes back to, like, our my, like my Christian walk because I ain't in charge. Yep. You know, God is. And as much as we try to be, oh, absolutely, we, we got to we got to know somebody else is there. Yeah, we, and we and we try. Yeah. I mean, we we try so hard in situations and everything, and and I think it's actually strengthened my Christian walk because I give it all up to God. You know, and even right now at, at a job that I'm at, I feel like God has me there for a reason, but sometimes I don't know why. You know, some days are rough, and I'm like, I don't like this. But I pray to God and be like, "Why? I don't know why you want me here, but I'm going to do a good job. And then it's, it's amazing because later that day, you're like, okay, I'm good. You know, I feel relaxed. I feel comforted, you know. But, yeah, it's a very hard transition and you know if there's officers that are listening now that are been out and into the private sector there's they know they they know how i mean it's it's very hard i mean you dealt with that too randy how long were you working at county in jail five years five years how long did it take you to actually it didn't i mean the looking over my back and 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 just making sure that everything was good because once you're inside of a facility you're always watching your brother's back, watching your back, mm-hmm. watching everything yeah. around you. I still do that, but probably not too intensely like I was. But it took a little bit. I I went directly from getting out of the sheriff's office, went straight into school, doing mechanic work, and basically did maybe a half of year of schooling and got kicked over to on-the-job training, basically. Yeah. And I believe it took me – two months because my blood pressure being inside the sheriff's office was sky high and by the time i got transitioned to the it's because people like that made it harder for us <laughs> the street cop. actually no actually, street cops no. amped everyone I don't know up what your problem was i was friends with everybody yeah see yeah <laughs> we're all on the same team daniel no, well no i mean we were we were all friends but they amped up the yeah. the inmates as they were bringing them into us and but it it took me a few months to actually get into 
to my my new job, which went into transmissions right after school. And I I think that was probably, of course, it was God's will because uh, that was the only thing that really calmed me down. I went into that job, and I love anything that's puzzling or trying or challenging. So yeah, if you want to try something different, go into a side of transmission and try to figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You, you know, yeah. it just popped in my head, Randy. Yeah. I, I guess one of the – the other hardest part was when you're out, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'd hardly ever talk to any officers I used to work with. Yeah. We were, you know, on the same shift for the last three years, you know, every, all the families knew each other. We hung out all the time. And now when you're out, you're out. Like yeah. I don't get phone calls. I don't, I yeah. don't talk to anybody. And that was another buddy that I dealt with too, that, he he said the same thing. Yeah. You know, we had each other's back. We we were brothers, right? I mean, we'd go to battle together yeah. any 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 day. Yeah. But when you're out, you're out. Yeah. And it's I, weird because I even talk to other officers like just on a daily basis, right? I'm right, like, yeah, yeah, I did ten years in Arizona. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to talk. I've got two buddies that I worked with at the sheriff's office that I still talk to at least weekly. Yeah. Um, mm. One's one's still there, and one's now with the state police. Uh, but we still we still talk at That's least good. at least weekly and try to meet up once a month. But you know, I mean, it's it, it, the rest of the shift. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no I, idea what's going on like with high their school. Life. You know, it's like yeah. when you're out, man. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. All right. And so I, I think one of the hardest things. I mean, it wasn't really hard to get back into, but when we moved back, we moved down to Oklahoma, and I went to school down there, and come back is I was really wanting to work on cars still, but there was. Like you said, everybody, no, 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 you need more experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back to what I knew. I think it was glutton for punishment, but I went back to the government work, working for street crews and counties and stuff. And, and of course, it was all ex-cops or militaries anyway, so you're getting right back into the drama of the job. So I basically... Again, I'm not. I'm not gonna say my blood pressure was high, but I just I wasn't happy. So again, I tried to go back to school, and that was more relaxing going back to school. I didn't really mm. care for all the new car electronic stuff, but I, I think it's funny when I went back to school. I kind of told them I wasn't going to a dealership. I said because you had, at the end of your end of your schooling, you had to do a, a internship. So I told him, I said, I ain't going to a dealership, so if you want to fail me now, go for it. I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but I was like, I, I just couldn't handle the the dealership life. I, I wanted old cars. I said, there's just something about old cars that just really calms me down about things. Hmm. You give me all these electronics, oh, man, I'm going to be back up there with my blood pressure real fast. <laughs> <laughs> so that I got placed into a pretty good restoration shop. I I. When I say pretty good, I, I really love the guys there. You you walk into a good Christ, uh, Christian atmosphere, brotherly type people. I mean, we can just stop and have conversations about, you know, God, the Bible, anything you want to talk about. And it's not like in today's society, a curse word. You're sitting there talking about God in front of everybody. Oh, you can't do that. But this, this place here is just awesome. You just, I mean... Yeah, we work on Mustangs, and I'm a GM guy, so me and Derek go back and forth on some of that stuff. But 
not as bad as my boss and myself. We <laughs> we go back and forth on that, but I do like the Mustangs on a certain level. But they it it was a God's blessing to get me out of the situation that I was and go put me in a situation with a bunch of godly men, and then come into this with the men's group going in this podcast. I mean, I was just telling a another guy from the men's group the other day, I was like, man, I've never been in my life just ready to come see my friends at church on the weekends, whatever. I just, usually I just, just leave me alone, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, I really enjoy seeing people. Usually I'm not a people person. (laughs) I'm just like, just no, but it's, it's been pretty cool. Just what directions we're all going into Mm -hmm. and how we're, like Jed said on a few podcasts ago, it, it's God put us all here together, and it's it's been great. Even you, Ray, it's been great. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ray wasn't here last night, and it's like, uh, where's Ray? Ray? Yeah, where's Ray? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of went through a few of those struggles like you are talking about, Derek. I, mm-hmm. I really wanted to become a, a cop, a deputy, whatever, but – the more uh, me, I'm not going to talk for you. I've already done that once and didn't like it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> me, me personally, I, the more you got into it, I just really didn't want it anymore. So yeah. I think it was really a blessing that I got out of it at the, at the time I did. That's, cause, that's the one question I get is, would I go back to it? When, when, when it comes up in conversation, they're like, would you go back to it? And I'm like, probably not. I mean, some days I miss it. I, I mean, mean they, don't get me wrong. They, some right. days I miss it. Right. You know, you get to see your car go, you know, code three down the, you know, lights and sirens down the road. Yeah. I'm like, I miss that part. You know, yeah. like the adrenaline rushes, I miss that. Yeah. There's there's aspects of it mm-hmm. that I miss, but but I, uh, I think not enough to to justify me going back. Right. I think Derek and I had this conversation not too long ago. I said I, – I would only go back if it was for like cold, cold cases. I just told you I liked puzzles and challenges and stuff like that, and that's just stuff that uh, unfortunately doesn't get solved quickly mm-hmm. like everybody else. So I, that would be something to just sit down and challenge a person, and I think that would probably be the only reason why I would go back is something like that. But I do miss some of the fun times like right. you're talking about, yeah. but not enough to go back. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it – and it's changed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, oh, changed it's changed even for time. even for the officers themselves, you know. And yeah, and just how much scrutiny they're put under now. Right. I mean, we could spend all night talking about we that, can, but because nah. the three the three of us, you know. Yeah, that'd be. I I did just think of this question um, for for Randy and you, Derek. Is um, I wouldn't say that that we're super relaxed, like we've let our guard down, right? Because in law enforcement, you still kind of watch your back. Yeah, you you're always on high alert. How, how long did it take you to relax enough that you were comfortable being back out in public? For those that are like leaving law enforcement now that may listen to us. I don't know if you ever mm, get comfortable. No, I don't think you ever do. I mean, I, I still walk into a room, look around, Still back to the wall. Yeah. Right. Um, still carry a gun. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, I don't think but, you get to. But are you, are you as like tensed up? No. No, I'm not how, as tensed how, up. How long did that take? Mm, 
probably years, you know, probably, probably two, two years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because when you, when you, because I've been out since 2015, so I've been out for a while. Right. But it's funny because I still revert back to training, you know, so. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like one of the scariest things that happened to me just happened last week, right, with my wife. You know, she calls me, so I need to get to the emergency room. You know, she's having chest pains in her heart. And so, like, I jump in my truck and, like, I just, like, reverted back to training, right? I'm, like, okay, flying down the road, doing the proper speed limit. Um, <laughs> trying to do everything as calm as possible. Correct. Right. Correct. You're and trying I, to control you, your breathing. Yeah, and, and, I, and I kept her on the phone, you know, almost like dispatch would, you know. I'm going to keep yeah. you on the phone. You know, I'll call for an ambulance if you need one. Yeah. You know, it's just get her there. I'm still calm. You know, still calm, collective, you know, professional. I mean, almost. I get her there. We get her to the hospital. You know, get her checked in. And they go, everything's good. I'm like, hmm, all right. Well, that's good. You know, but but we still revert back to training. And it's so weird. I talk to people about that all the time because in our agency, we trained all the time. I mean, we trained a lot, which is awesome because a lot of departments don't train. Right. And that was one of the good benefits of working there was that we trained a lot. I mean, active shooter training. I mean, clearing. I mean, clearing houses, clearing buildings. I mean, all kinds of different training. We had defensive driving. Defensive. Yeah. And we had, you know, every year's advanced officer training for a whole week. You're nothing but training for the whole week. Uh, But it's just still part of you. And even certain things, it's just, I'm like, well, what just, what happened? You know, my body just reverted back to training. Yeah. But. Which is good. I mean, it's awesome. Because at, at times, I think another conversation we had was sometimes it's just better to calm down. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to probably end up causing that accident that you know, right. don't really want. So taking a deep breath and trying to take control of the situation as best as you can. Right. Like it does. It does help in the in the long run. It does. So. No, it does. Yeah, but you know, back to your question, kind of. I had a discussion with my wife too, and during that time, because we got married before I was a cop, and then you know she still stayed married to me while during while I was a cop, which was very strong woman. A blessing. I mean, a blessing. I mean, just awesome because we've had discussions. And you know what she says now? She goes, now you're the man that I married. When you were a police officer, you weren't the man that I married. And so for me to hear that was, yeah, I wasn't in the right place. You know, now I'm, now I know that, you know, like what you said, Randy, I know I'm in the right place now. Mm -hmm. And when she says that, I'm like, hmm, yeah, I was a jerk, you know? And we, and we, and we we've talked about this all the time. We every officer does, and we even I've even had the discussions even when I was an officer. When do you turn it off and when can you turn it on? Right? You can't. You can't. It's very very hard when you when you go home. It's very hard to turn it off. Yep. And they tell you all the time, you know, when you get off shift, turn off what happened. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't. I mean, that's why a lot of officers get divorced and then they marry other officers. You know, yeah. when, when I first started, this is what we heard. You're not a real cop unless you're married three times. 
I'm like, okay, all right. You know, at first you're like, oh, whatever it takes, I want to be a good cop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but sign me up. I'll start now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because even after the police academy, so the last day of the police academy, they have like a family night. So, you know, they say bring your wives or husbands or, you know, whoever. Um, and they tell them that, I just want to let you know, in the police department, it's the highest suicide rate, the highest divorce rate, uh, alcohol abuse. You know, so you, they're, they're like, what did you sign up for? Yeah. But it's reality. It really is. And all the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis and you want to go home and turn it off? Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. I, absolutely not. I mean, we were on a great sh- schedule. It was four tens, so three days off. But most of us didn't really have three days off. You know, we did off-duty work all the time or, you know, oh, yeah, you know, go make an extra 100 bucks. We need an officer there for a few hours. Okay, I'm there. Yeah. You if know. You, if you worked night shift, your first day off was you sleeping. Yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always said to you when I was on my own. And I said, uh, you're not a real cop unless you work graveyard south side. Right. I told that I'll tell that to every new officer. You're not a real cop unless you work nights south side of town, you know, because I was, you know, it's always a rough part of town. And and then I was on that shift for about a year. And then for the rest of my career, I worked swing shift. So swing shift for me was awesome. I mean, because got to sleep in a little bit and I got to stay up a little bit late you know if I had to go to court the next day I wasn't tired but swing shift for us was busy 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 all the time I mean I remember going and walking into briefings and the sergeant goes no briefing clear calls and you get and you get logged into your car and you see that and you're just a hundred calls holding and you're like oh my goodness you know where do I start? Yeah, where do I start? <laughs> oh, I don't want that one. I'll be stuck on that one for four hours. Give me, a, give me, a, you know, give me something easy, yeah. you know. But, but yeah, you can't turn it off. I mean, especially when you're on a shift like that where it's just hopping all the time, you know. And swing shift was that too because you could have your bank robberies. You can have a little bit of nighttime activity, you know. I mean, it was just always hopping, so it was very hard for me to turn it off when I got home. You know, uh, and we think we can, but it it doesn't work out. No, yeah. I always always told my wife, "Oh, I got this handled. It's it's fine. I got it. I got it." And I don't think I ever got anything really when mm-hmm. it come down to it. But you said something about you know having strong women. That could be a whole another podcast right there. But <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I put mine through a whole lot, and thank God I got a good woman. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's it's difficult while you're there. For me, I didn't really – I had the wool pulled over my eyes. I, I didn't see myself doing that. I mm-hmm. was just going through the motions. Yep. And uh, now I look back going, oh, my goodness. Now I'm too tired to even think about what I did. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how a place like that can change you that fast and that and you, quick and you know, not you, even You know hear it. it all the time. Don't let it change you. Don't let it change you. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're a Christian man going into it. Don't let it change you. And you're like – Okay, I won't. I won't. And I don't think – I think it was like two months and it yeah. was – Yeah, I mean, the, hard, the hardest pill for me to swallow was this, was I thought Christians were the biggest hypocrites. Right. Because we were out there arresting 
deacons and pastors and yeah. you know everybody like that. And you're like, no. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow. That's what you know. That's what I thought. I mean, because I, my attitude was, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, I thought I was better right. than those guys or whoever, yeah. you know. Um, but when it was all done and said, and now I can look back, right? The biggest hypocrite was myself. I was about to say, I think the hardest thing for me out of all of it, the the two years I did it, the hardest thing for me was to admit that I was not the same man that I was before mm-hmm. I went in. Yeah. To, to finally open up my eyes and say, you're right, I have changed. You're right, I have been a jerk to you. You know, that that was the hardest thing for me to do. Yeah. I mean, that's what got me into drinking. Yeah. You know, I was drinking a lot. And sometimes my wife would not encourage me to drink, but that's when I opened up. Yeah. And told her about, oh, this call I did this and this one, you know, I had to pull my rifle out on this one. And, you know, the, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the whatever the uh, call was, you know, that you hold in and you bottle. Yeah. But now when you're drinking, for me, was just I released it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, she always told me your wall falls down when you're doing that. Yeah. I always had a wall. Always. Yep. But, you know, now I don't. I mean, I don't have that wall no more. I mean, most of you guys know something's on my mind. I'm going to tell you now. You know what I mean? I don't. <laughs> is there is there still that one call that keeps you up at night? No, there's multiple calls. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's multiple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mine's I, not. Mine's not from law enforcement. Mine's from the ambulance and the fire service. When I did it for mm-hmm. several years, that just it's ingrained. Yeah, you know. And, and how do you take care of that? I, I it's hard. I, I think this. I think this. The, I think the, this helps a lot. The, I mean, the more I've been able to open up with the Christian men and discuss like what I've seen with people who know, kind of what's what it's about. Yeah, because I don't think know, we were. I, 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 I always said that we were never designed to see what we saw. Right. No. Right. No. No man should see. You know, most of that stuff that we saw. Yeah. No, we well, we said this before that they're never you know most people aren't ever going to see that you know but I I think you're right I think you're right Daniel because you know me Jed and Randy we have these discussions all the time you know I tell them war stories and you know and the more you talk about them and the more you get them out I I think it just kind of releases that that bottledness yeah. right I mean. Oh, yeah. You know, to them it's cool because it's a war story, right? But you know, to me, I'm like I relive it. Yeah, and I can I can so, remember the smells. I can remember the you know where I was at. I can I mean every little detail. And there and there's certain details I don't know about you, but as far as like when I worked on the ambulance, there's certain details I leave out. Mm. You know what I mean? Because because yeah. there's certain details that nobody needs to know about of what actually happened. Uh, most most of mine I. I pretty much tell you everything. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's like you said, you remember the smells, you remember the sights. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, so. Yeah. I I had a pretty good one for you, Derek, but I haven't sent it to you yet. So I have have a quote for you. Mm, Awesome. And it's, it's, to me, it got me thinking real quick, but as soon as we open this up, that, you know, this will helps us get through it. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought it would be pretty good. It says, uh, 
hold your brother accountable before Satan does. Mm. And I said, well, that's pretty deep because there are a lot of things we do that it took us a while to talk about, and we know Satan had a hold of us or we wouldn't have done that. You're right. Yep. Oh, I love so, that one. That was a good one. Yeah. So I was I hadn't sent that one to you because I seen it the other day, and I said, I'm going to hold that one for for you on a good one, but as yeah. soon as we open up with that right there, I was like, yeah. today's the day. Yeah, today's the day. That's a, that's a good one. Start, start with some inspiration. Inspiration. There. I love inspiration. So, love it. Yeah. Oh, I even sent Daniel one today. He Ooh. did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel good about yourself? It was, it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Um, just because it's, it's been a long week uh, with meetings and just between the school and church and just meetings and meetings and crazy high stress and so everyday struggles man man to see that i was like like it yeah it same yeah. Yeah. sent me yeah okay yep it's good yeah no i i like those inspirations you know i like the one i said last night i and i keep going through my head all the time you know you build a team so strong that you outlast the enemy yep i don't know who quoted that or whoever but yeah. i'm like that one goes through my mind all the time, and I always think of you guys. Yeah. You know, we're building the team so strong that we're going to outlast the enemy. Yeah. So, you know. And, and what you say in that, just anything I quote is probably, I don't know who quoted it first <laughs> right. either. <laughs> right. It's just in the situational timing here, I'll remember something and I'll say it. So don't hold me, don't hold that against me. Like, I'm smart enough to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Jed, what about your inspiration? What's going on this week? Oh, today just been baling some hay. Baling hay. Baling hay. Hey, good good weather though. It was cool today. It was nice. Did you turn the air conditioner on in the tractor? It was on. (laughs) I turned the fan down. Oh, it wasn't on high today. (laughs) You have air conditioning in your tractor? Oh yes. No. Well, if you're going to do it for a living, you might yeah, as well. You might as well. I would do. We didn't have it growing up. I didn't have it until probably the last four years, probably. <laughs> Maybe six. When the wheels were moving, that's when the air conditioner came on. <laughs> and it was I, hot. I could just picture Jed and his tractor listening to Jason Aldean, just making another round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see Sing that it, Jed. Sing it. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, it's playing KLRC. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be on the that The only one. tractor that does have a radio. The other one doesn't have a radio, yeah. so it's just silent. It's just silent. <laughs> it's him and God in the tractor. Right? Yeah. 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 You probably get a lot of time to, to talk to you God. Do. Oh, I do. Yeah. I, I, I spend bet. a lot of time. Uh, you got any time that stands out to you on that that you can share yeah, with us? Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. What? I don't know. I just Because you got some wisdom over there. Just because I'm the older one. No, it has nothing to do with you being the <laughs> but, oldest one here. But it only goes so far. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm short. Yeah. I understand. I did, no, I, did, I, did. I spend a lot of time in prayer, just good conversation, as I'm going in circles around the field. And it can go from anything from today was for this podcast to sit right here. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll say this. I... I told him, I said, I don't, which you all know, I don't speak a lot. And I said, any words that come out, I want to be words that he approves of and that he wants me to say. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. And I say the same thing to, to him 
every time we do this. Yep. Yeah. You know, God, this is your podcast. You you direct me on what you want me to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think you know you brought up a good point, Jed, because I've been thinking about this too. Was you know when you when you say you you know we pray to God. You know, sometimes we just have a conversation with God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just have you a just, conversation. You just talk. Yeah. Just talk. Just Let's talk. And you can, I, I mean, I, I will say a prayer in the morning when I get up, and I might say a prayer when I'm out there, and it might be short. And then I'm like, whoa, hang on, God. I said amen, but hey, let's sit here and talk for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, the trees sure look good over there today. Uh, the birds are flying yeah. good. Uh, well, that's like I've said many times, just, is that in my own personal, I'll start the morning with dear God, right? And then I don't say amen in my personal time with God until I lay down and go to sleep. And yeah. I just, because I just keep it a whole day that's conversation. Good. That's not a bad you know, idea. Especially like when things are getting tough. And I'm like, all right, God, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you see what's going on here. I need some help with this, you know. And, what, uh, what I like is Derek's getting me on some of these podcasts and different things. It's, sometimes I will start feeling like we was talking the other day, just, we need to start our day off a little different or something, you know. And it's weird how a sermon or something in the Bible will kick out and be like, okay, now I feel a whole lot better about it. I need to hear something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about Pastor Rogers preaching, too. Like, every Sunday, I'm like, how did you know? And, yeah. and he's always like, this is for me. Right. right? This yeah. last Sunday, this, this is probably for me more than you. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> Was but, you outside my bedroom window I'm like, listening? I'm like, did Taylor text you? <laughs> like, <laughs> but this but I'm a me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know. I think one thing, one thing this week that probably longer than this week, that's been kind of bugging me is this concept of sometimes we put, Sometimes we put God in a box, you know what I mean, and so like we'll say, we'll, we'll we'll say God, we you know we want you to do something like, and and even now we've we've said, hey, this is God's podcast, right? And I've mm-hmm. always said, any ministry I've been in, this is your ministry. You just bless me to lead it, right? But sometimes I think we put God in this box to where we say it's His, but then we want to control it, right? No, you're right. <laughs> you know, that's the hard part. It, it is, it, and it's it goes for the our whole life. I mean, yeah. we've got to turn it over to him and let him really have it all. So, how do you do that? <laughs> I just keep reminding myself multiple times a day, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, I ten years ago I had anger issues. I was kind of a hothead and. I've actually, since Derek's known me, I don't guess he's seen too much of it. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> so I've calmed down quite you're, a bit. You're a gentle soul. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but it, I don't know. I, I can still see it's a battle. I mean, to be very honest with you, but you control it, right? Like, yeah. I've never seen you blow up or anything like that or get, you know, like you, like you said in, like, your past. Yeah. No, but, you know, just like all of us, we... We might get really angry, but you can see it on our face that we're angry. But that's the time where, like for me, for instance, that's when I go to God, too. I'm like, okay, God. You can see I'm I'm getting to that level right now, you know. And I I walk away from 
whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if I'm sitting there and something has just really irked me, I, I'll walk away from it and, and then spend that time in prayer. And some people don't understand why I'm walking away. I'm walking away because I don't want to punch you in the face. <laughs> you know, like but what has helped you, Jed? I mean, what, yeah. what, what got you to where you're at right now? Uh, what's got me to, is just reading God's word and just realizing everything is his will. And I mean, I, I've got choices to make, but I've got to follow and do what's right. And I, whatever's in the book there to read, problems come up, I can find answers. And it just, it just, yeah, it's God. It is. That's all it is. It's God. Yeah, and then sometimes, you know, before, we would get mad at things that before we even knew what the problem was. Yeah. Right? You know, we would we'd be like, you know, thinking this was going to be broke. You know, you're already getting mad, probably coming out of your tractor, starting to throw things, and then you get back there and you're like, oh, it's not even broke. Oh, it just hit a rock. Well, today started out kind of that way. I mean... I went and raked, and it started wrapping up around one of the rake wheels, and it gave me fits. So I was in and out of the tractor several times, and got back and swapped the tractor over for the baler, and just a couple things weren't going right, and I was just like, okay, I'm mad. Okay, God, what is it? I need to slow down. What are you trying to tell me? Where? What's the deal here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, Did it start working after that? Yeah, I did. I had a really good day until, until crazy? right before I quit to come. Is that not so crazy how that yeah, works? It's amazing how that works. It is. It's like, I was pushing my will, so exactly. what's your will? What am I missing here? What am I missing? Yeah. And I'm like, still not like, sure what I was missing, but I did slow down and ask. Like, so sometimes that might just be all it is is, hey, knucklehead, yeah, it's like, my deal, not yeah. yours. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on the box, let me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, just, le- I brought like that me. question up about the putting God in a box thing because our church is experiencing growth, right? Um, and, and I know a lot of churches that when they experience the growth and even – us as individuals when we experience growth. Um, one of the things we do is we're, you know, we say we only want to grow so much and then we want to stop. Like we don't want to get any bigger than this number. And that that, has, that has always bugged me because I'm like, okay, I've never really wanted to serve in a big church, but if that's where God wants me to go and that's where God leads us, then that's where I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Like, no idea. I like, I don't <laughs> want to say, all right, God, we'll grow, but once we hit 250, we're done. Like, we can't grow anymore. You know? Well, I'll add to that. I never really wanted to be pushed in the church. I just wanted to be a pew sitter and just be able to be able to just enjoy my time with God right here. But, you know, as as you grow, you get your godly men right here saying, hey, won't you do this with me? Won't you do that? Right. And it's like, Fine. No, I, no, I don't want to. No. Yeah. What's well, a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> right. Bobcat. Yeah, Bobcat. Bobcat. And we push each other. I mean, sometimes we don't realize that that's what we do. I mean, just right here around this table for each yeah. one of us. Like, you encourage me. I try to encourage you. And that's what we've been doing, you know. And, and it's in a good Christian way. That w- that's how we're encouraging each other. And sometimes it's things like you've heard before, like if you want it, you got to kind of go after it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many times you've said that to me. And then finally, like one time, it's like, 
clicks. I'm like, wait, I think I've heard that for the last three years. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a big dreamer. Like, even Jed says that, too. You know, like, maybe sometimes you dream too big, but... I, I, pull I, me back down. Right, yeah, pull me back down. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we have to realize that, too. You know, there's nothing wrong with having dreams and goals, you know. But, you know, we still have to remember that God's in control, yeah. right? You know, I heard this one on another podcast, but, I mean, it just, it, it, that, you know, it hits me. He says, if you're not happy now, you won't be happy when you get to where you wanted to be. You know, you have this big dream and this big goal. If I get to that, I'm going to be happy. You're still not going to be happy. You know, so even right now, you know, in, in my life right, right now, I'm, I think I'm very happy. You know, I'm very content. But I still like to dream and still set goals for myself. This is the dreaming and the setting goals where growth comes from, though. Right? I mean, what, would you agree to that or no? Yeah, I, yeah, because you know, because for me, when I when I go and set a dream or a goal, there's tribulations through that, and that's when I grow, is during the battle to get there. Right, right. Because I mean, I th- I think about working out. Right. I mean, we're few of us we work out. Mm-hmm. You got to think about it. Your muscles. What happens? They tear apart. Right. And that's how they grow. Yeah. And so, like, I've had to, I've had to rethink, because um, one of the things I always wondered, uh, especially as a young Christian, was, God, why did you let me go through this? Right? I mean, we've all, we've all asked that question. Mm-hmm. Why? Always. 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 And, and what I've had to remember is, oh wait, my muscles break down to grow. Same thing with my spiritual life is, I'm gonna have to face these hard times of being pushed mm-hmm. to grow in my spiritual walk even greater. Yeah, uh, I agree to that, hundred percent. That's when you grow. I mean, I have nothing else to say, but that that, that is that's that's when I grow. I think that's one of those inspirational things I said to you. I, I sent you, you what you go through is what you grow through. So it, it it is like you said, trials and tribulations. But think about if you, if it's all easy do you grow anything i mean you, that's, that's what i've told this if students. it ain't challenging how are you going to sit there and say i accomplished that i mean it's hard to say that right uh, nothing, nothing comes easy that's yeah. good yeah. that's that's and if it came easy then it's probably not going to last for long exactly. but what you were saying about the the growth what kind of triggered me i just thought of is you know, you, as you go through those challenges, you almost can consider think of yourself as like a, a balloon, right? You go through these challenges, and they fit. You're gonna fill up. The question is, is what do you fill yourself with? And if you keep God there, yeah, no, it wasn't a dig at you. <laughs> is yet, that Randy. a bad joke? <laughs> I think it was. Randy's filling up with chicken nuggets, but chicken strips. Chicken strips. I'm so an adult. Okay. <laughs> you don't you don't go for the dino shaped ones, you know, Sam's. Uh, no. <laughs> But uh, it's, you know, again, what you fill yourself with, if you keep God centered and you keep turning to God, that's what you're filling yourself with. And I think that's where you truly spiritually grow. Because, you know, I, I, again, I'm a a new Christian. I mean, you know, I've been about four, three, four years now, but still that's pretty darn new, especially compared to all you guys. And it, all the challenges I went through before, I came out of them. I made it to the other side of them. But I don't. I haven't felt the growth in my 
character, in my spiritual life, in my relationship with my family, with my wife, as I have since I've come to God. And now when I go through challenges, I'm filling myself with God as opposed to the world. And it, it has changed my outlook on so many things. So it's, it's uh, again, I don't know how to finish that thought off, I guess, any better than just saying that it is, you know, yeah, you got to go through those challenges. You're going to grow. And as long as you just keep God with you and keep turning to him and making sure, okay, what's, what's, what's my way out of here? What is your will in this situation? You'll keep, you'll come out of it better than you were before. But I think also too, Derek, that brings us back to our decisions we made as law enforcement. Uh, we we chose that lifestyle, and that's what we filled ourselves with. So we didn't have room for God. Right. We had room for what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'll tell you straight up, I I didn't care if I was here or not. You know, it was one of those deals. I was living for myself. So. When I was here, I wasn't really here. So leaving that lifestyle, Ray, I agree with you because once you start getting friends, family together, and that's all you're thinking about is God and the relationships you make, I think that does kind of strengthen that backbone up for you. Because I'll tell you, it wasn't very good whenever I was living the lifestyle of the other. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I grew up in church. Yeah. Me too. You know, we, I grew up, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays, right? I knew the difference between right and wrong. Yes. You know. And that's the bad part about it. You know, but you still choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I was very, very selfish. Yeah. It was all about me, 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 me. Yep. Well, like, I mean, the three of us that went into law enforcement, we wanted to, right? I mean, we, we chose to. That's what we always wanted to do. Um, and I wanted to do that, but... I also did it as a Jonah. Like, that was my Jonah experience, right? Me and Derek have had conversations about that prior. Um, and what I mean for those of you who don't know and, and who are listening is is I've been a youth pastor since 2009, um, except for the two years I was in law enforcement. And the reason I left for two years was because of a bad experience at the last church I was at. Um, Derek's over there smiling at me. Um, because I had some hurts there um, and from people who were close to me and leaders that I was supposed to fall back on and men who were like, yeah, I've got you, don't worry. And um, and so I was kind of hurt and, and I said, you know what, God, I'm done with this. And I ran. And, I, and I, I knew what God wanted me to do. God's always wanted me to be a youth pastor. He called me into it at the age of 16. So I knew for the longest of times that this is what I was supposed to be. It was, a, it was a, on church staff as a pastor somewhere. Um, and when that happened, I said, God, I'm done with this. If this is the way it's going to be, I'm done. And I ran, right? God's calling you to Nineveh, and I'm running the other way. <laughs> and And so I went. And, and I got into law enforcement. I, was, I mean, that's what I studied in high school or in college. Uh, but I knew that was the darkest and furthest place I could go to, to get away and still stay on, on the right side of the law. Um, and so that was probably my biggest motivating factor actually to go into it was because I was done with doing ministry uh, and, and wanted to run from what God's called me to. And I think that's why, that's why we get miserable. 
that's why that was um, like of my life, um, especially my adulthood life. That was the two most miserable years of my life was in law enforcement, which was something I loved and something I studied because I ran from what God called me to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, I mean, that's just me. I think we ought to... So you were uh, Daniel in the belly of the jail? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Drums! (laughs) I I think we got to look at this as a different ways, too. We don't want to put law enforcement down negatively. No. It just didn't work for us. Yeah, you're right. We, We... I want to say this stressfully. We respect law enforcement military. Absolutely. My, my dad's just, almost 60, and he's still in law enforcement. Yeah, he's we, been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah. So. Right. We don't want it just coming across we're talking negative about Mm-mm. it. It was just uh, the negative times in our yeah. life is what we're trying to sh- foresee the sh- yeah. uh, the uh, challenges that we went through. Well, And so, the biggest thing, though, is it wasn't what God called us to do for the long. Right. 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 Like, and that was the thing for me. That wasn't what God called me to do. That's what I wanted to do. I did what God called me to do for a while. And I said, it didn't work. And I put them back in that box and went and did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's the thing. Like when we left and, and we all said it, we got miserable while we were there, essentially. Right. That's why we were hiding the pain with alcohol or whatever else. Right. Was because we ran from what God called us to do. Right. And for some people, God has called them to be in law enforcement. Oh, absolutely. And they yes. excel and yes. they share the gospel while doing it. And they're great guys. And I love them. And, and I, I mean, like I said, I still got two friends I talk to weekly that are in law enforcement to this day that I worked with. You know, and, and, and they're, they're some good godly men. Um, but that's what God's called them to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew new guys that retired and put 30-something years in. Yep. You know, it's yep. awesome. Yeah, we always said it was a marathon, not a sprint. But, you know, for me, that, and I think you're right, Daniel, because that's all I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do, right? It's not what God wanted me to do. He might have. You know, God at that time says, you know, here you go, but I couldn't handle it. It's like that conversation we had. Here's your leash. Mm-hmm. I'll pull you back when I'm ready. Yes. And we overstepped our boundaries. We did. And God said, no, mm-hmm. come on back. Right. <laughs> right. We, I couldn't handle it. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't either. Yeah. So, but there's some guys and women out there that are, I mean, just awesome officers. Nominal. Yes. Great. Yep. I mean, they're awesome. And right now during these times, they're battling. We need yep. to support Big them time. out the best we can. Yep. Oh, yeah. Time. Yep. And I think I'm going to throw this out here for the next podcast because this has been on my mind and my heart. And I think we need to discuss this is what makes a good Christian leader, man, you know, what, 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 you know, that's, that's what I was thinking of. What, what, what makes us a good Christian leader? Because I was just thinking this and like, you know, like you, Bell and Hay, you know, you have a lot of time to think. When I'm sanding wood, I got a lot of time to think because <clears throat> it's very, very boring. Um, because I don't think that leaders are born. I think leaders are trained. And during law enforcement, that's why I bring this up, too, because I was just thinking this. In law enforcement, I had some really, really good sergeants that I would follow through anywhere. 
and they were great leaders because they were down in the trenches with you and had your back and had that, you know, that's what we thought a good leader was going to be. Um, but I think the next one should be on, on, on being a good Christian leader. Go ahead, say it. Okay, then. Of course, I've got a good quote here for you. <laughs> God doesn't give the hardest battles to the toughest soldier. He creates the toughest soldier through life's hardest battles. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that goes along with what you're saying there. Yep. And I think I showed that one to you last night, and you liked it. But you bring it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it to you. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think I, I think that's what we need to discuss on the next so, yeah. one. You know, because because we, we all have these struggles through life and we've had, you know, character builders, we've had a lot of things that we've gone through. And has that helped us become a better leader? And help us keep being a leader. Correct. Uh, growing through that situation. Yep. Or situations. Yeah. Yep. So then, sorry, I just wanted to bring that out there. Well, I, no, like, ah, I think that's, that's great. Especially well, <laughs> especially in today's society though, because we think leadership is the title. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people I know that don't have the title that are phenomenal leaders. And I don't like titles. I know. Our unofficial <laughs> official leader. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. But. <laughs> hey, official, I got a question. Officially, okay. unofficially? Hang on. Jed's got a question. I've, oh, got, I've go. got a question. Go for this it. This is Jed. for you three of law enforcement. Oh, no. Oh. Is this like a buzzer? No, 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 no. I'm no. asking for a friend. No. <laughs> That's exactly what that was. Well, I, I've just been sitting here thinking, and every job that you can pick is going to have problems and mm-hmm. this and that. Yeah. Okay, so my question is, is if you had, if you all were working for a department, a jail, whatever, all your, all your fellow officers, leaders, all good Christian. Would that make a difference in the way that you handled things and the way that you accepted uh, dealing with stuff? Well, and I, I remember this one particular leader. He was a supervisor. And we see this all the time, how some great leaders fall. Um, we had a good Christian man there, but he fell. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I, I don't know if it's the job or, you know, it, it's just hard to put something on there, but I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because I've seen those good Christian leaders fall. I think it's just the, the belly of the beast, honestly. Um, you You can have the good... Christian leaders, you can have the good moral, upstanding supervisors, mm-hmm. and I've, you know, kind of like you said, Derek, I've watched them go down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad was a chief, a fire chief, mm-hmm. a g- good Christian man, deacon in the church, had all the leadership titles that he should have had, and still fell to the sin of adultery. You know, I mean, so I don't, I don't think. I, I don't think that if it would have been a shift full of Christians, because especially in the South, everyone claims to be a Christian mm-hmm. anyways. Um, I don't know if I would have would have still been okay. I, yeah. I think I still would have probably, because, again, 
whether whether it's the fact that you're surrounded by good Christians while doing it or not, if it's not what God's called you to do, you're not gonna do it successfully. That's kind of what I was going for there, Daniel. <laughs> well, and, and I think you got to remember too, if you you know again reading the Bible. I, you probably could count on one hand how many Christian leaders in the Bible didn't fall at one point. You know, they all failed or were failures from at the beginning. The, or, the Pharisees and Sadducees. Yeah, well, yeah, they don't even... <laughs> good, good Christian leaders. Yeah, right, right. But it, 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 it shows that's what God works with and what we got to remember, even if you, are, if you are a leader, if you're someone out there who maybe is going through that and struggling through it, uh, it's, I think, what proves you as a good leader is how you get back up you know you can fall you're gonna fall you're gonna fail you can't be a leader and win every time it's just not gonna happen but it's those ones who can realize make the change that needs to be made and then get back up and get back in the saddle again those are the those are what why the leaders in the bible are the ones in the bible is because that's what they did okay randy i see you got something on your mind (laughs) I had quite the opposite situation. On my shift, I had a, I don't know if he was a youth pastor or going for full-out preacher, but uh, the lingo you learn, the new vocabulary you learn inside facilities such as that, I would come by and he didn't have to say a word, but I I had the conviction right there. I'd say it and I'd do it, I'd whatever. And I'd look at him, and he would just kind of shake his head, just kind of holding me accountable. He wouldn't tell me anything negative. He'd just look at me and said, I came from the military. I know how it is. He said, but once you keep God in your heart, those words won't be there. Those those things you do, you won't want to do. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, at the time, I'm just like, I, yeah, I'm convicted. I get it, whatever, but, you know, move on. And I've never seen a person, like you guys keep talking, somebody had fallen or whatever. I've never seen a person succeed in that. And I think till this day, I, I hope we're still friends, but I haven't seen him forever. But I still think he's a good Christian man, still staying in church. He left the sheriff's office, and last I heard, he was he was still doing his youth pastoring or preaching, whatever he was. And I will tell you, the conviction is there but you don't realize it until way after the fact. But I had good people in my life through that jail, and I took advantage of that. I'll tell you straight up like that. But that's the hardest thing right there is the conviction. Now you look back thinking, he set such a great example and didn't fall as far as we all see, but didn't fall and set the great example that we as Christians should have done instead of gave in to the lifestyle so i appreciate that feller quite a bit now Mm -hmm. looking back so to answer your question they're there it's just how strong you really want to be about it and i got weak fast and he (laughs) had he had he was still strong through the whole thing and yes i've got to say that i asked a question with really no answer yeah (laughs) but it got you all thinking yeah but it's like my other occupation i'm an auctioneer so prove it no (laughs) (laughs) 
We'll, we'll get you one now. We'll get you. He doesn't have anything to auction off. I forgot to bring the cookies tonight. Yeah, he forgot the cookies. But uh, like a good buddy of mine, he's a contract auctioneer, which I've done a little contract auctioneer, in which you just work for somebody else. The big car sales or whatever, you just walk so you, in. So you sold yourself. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. no. I don't sell myself. <laughs> but I've got a lot of friends out there, and I've got one friend that uh, I just know we haven't sit down and talked, but I know that he's a saved man, and and I just, by the way he acts and the way we have conversations. But uh, he got fired the other day from a job, and big, big auction, and uh they probably run 10, 15 auctioneers. But he didn't fit the group. He didn't go to the lake. He don't go out and drink. He didn't go to the strip clubs. He don't hang out with the rest of them. And that, I mean, that's just kind of, it's kind of a bad deal. Sometimes your work environment and who's in your environment and who's leading you, sometimes that's God telling you that you got to go somewhere else. Yeah, but, I was going to say, it's got to yeah. be a God thing. It's a God thing. If he doesn't want you there, he's going to let you know. He's yeah. going to let you know. And that choice you have to make, either stay or go. But it's, it's in every, every occupation, anything that is. we choose, because it's us choosing, it's not us following right. God's right. direction. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you're right. No, I have more to say, but I just can't get it all out. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think we're good. I think. Trying to think, you know, so... There's a little bit of our backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> is, know. that's, yeah. That's what we kind of wanted to do tonight was just get to know us a little bit better. Who we are. Who we are. Yeah, where we come from. I'm Randy. <laughs> Hi, Randy. Hi, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're good. I think so. I appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Um, Jed, do you mind closing us in prayer tonight? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this night that you've given us here to sit at this table with this group of men, and hopefully all the words that have come out of our mouths is from you to glorify you. Uh, Father, just pray for this church that we are growing and lead us and guide us to keep everything in the right track. Father, just be with those who don't know you, that they'll come to know you before it's too late and use us in any way that you want us to be to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Debriefing, a podcast supported by First Baptist Church Hawassi. Please like and subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we post new episodes, as well as check out our past episodes. We'll be posting new podcasts every other Thursday. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have questions you'd like us to answer, comments, or feedback on the podcast, please contact us through our social media or email us at dmeadows at fbchawassi.com. Thank you, and we hope God blesses your day.